From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. David Fiorazzo with Mary Danielson. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. All right, let's let's uh, let's read some scripture before we jump into everything that we are going to discuss today. And it is a loaded podcast from almost any topic imaginable. We will touch on and do our best to cover and give you a biblical perspective. And I want to go to Ephesians chapter 5, starting verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead, even expose them. And then verse 14 says, for this reason it says, awake sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Finally, verse 15 and 16, therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time. Why? Because the days are evil. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So we're uh, often praying for wisdom on this podcast and in our daily lives. And as the world gets darker, Mary, and uh, things are seemingly, from a human perspective, spiraling out of control and downward, whether that's morality or just mankind, we are trusting in an unshakable God Mm -hmm. and in uh, a God who has the future in his hands. He's not surprised by anything that's happening. And what's really amazing is he's allowing not only Mm -hmm. what's happening to happen, but us to be here for this time. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a phenomenal time to be alive. We just finished up Holy Week, Easter, and all that, yes. and I think, wow, would it be great to be the first one at the tomb or to see all these things? And then, and the Lord kind of broke into my thoughts, and I thought, well, we don't we don't know yet what we shall see, and so God has His purposes, and yeah. I can't add anything to that verse yeah. that you read. That's just spectacular. So, and that will apply more so to the second half of the podcast today when we're going to talk about calling evil good and how we as Christians with dual citizenship, how are we to react and respond to these things? Because we can't avoid, we can't live in isolation or stick our heads in the sand. That's not biblical. What I mean by dual citizenship, the Bible says in Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. And we are also citizens on earth of the United States, if you are in America, if you are a legal citizen. So we have dual citizenship. What does it mean to be in the world but not of the world? We're going to get into, um, I think it's a debate, a discussion in segment two. But right now I want to remind everybody that we are still waiting to hear from Rhode Island and Connecticut, two states that we have not heard from we know we probably have listeners there, assuming that if there's listeners in 48 states, Mayor, mm-hmm. uh, I, if I were a betting person, I would say, yeah, mm-hmm. there might be a few Christians that listen to a Christian podcast in Rhode Island or Connecticut. So we've, we've had donations from every other state in the country. 
who is going to come in and show the other one up? So the competition now is down to two, Rhode Island and Connecticut. And just want to remind everybody, thank you guys for listening online. Uh, we have listeners from the U.K., Brazil, Canada, Colombia, Germany, Netherlands, Mexico, Belgium, and Costa Rica. So uh, thank you guys so much for sharing the podcast. And the, the number, I, you know, I try to avoid that because we've had so many issues in the past with tech stuff. But the numbers seem to be increasing, mm-hmm. and it's nothing that we're doing because we don't advertise. And we are shadow banned on mm-hmm. Facebook. We have 27,000 followers or friends on our Facebook page. We get five likes for, per post. <laughs> anyway, Mary, you've yeah. got something to remind people of. Yes, uh, the new Stand Up For The Truth weekly podcast newsletter is all set up. All you have to do, if you haven't already, is sign up to receive the newsletter. Go to StandUpForTheTruth.com and click on the subscribe button. The free newsletter goes out once each Friday afternoon, contains links for the week's guests and podcasts, listens to the one you can listen to the ones you missed, you can share with family and friends. I know everybody's busy. Sometimes you get bits and pieces here or there. Um, but it's it's really worth the newsletter. It's very, very helpful for you to keep up with these things. So standupforthetruth.com and click subscribe. Yes, thank you, guys. And it's free. It's all free. Um, we do not charge. We debated that about five years ago, maybe, mm. about charging like, I don't know what it, what it was, 99 cents a podcast. I mean, a lot mm. of people charge for content. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just thought, you know, let's because – People don't always appreciate what's free. Let's just put it – even if there's right. value, if there's a lot of value in something, they they often don't appreciate if it's free. Um, but anyway, let's open up our first topic today. And because we just celebrated Easter, there was a perverse and heretical Easter service, if you want to call it that, at Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um what we now know is disgraced former Hillsong pastor Carl Lentz has joined the staff at Transformation Church in Tulsa. If you want to go to Julie Roy's and the Roy's report, she does a great expose on this. So what happened? Well, Lentz, of course, the celebrity pastor who uh, never could say abortion is wrong or marriage is between one man and one woman when interviewed by Oprah and others, um, he was in uh, New York City. Um, he now has landed at Transformation Church. It is a leftist church, if you want to put it that way, but let's just read the article. Transformation Church is predominantly uh, non-denominational. It's a mega church and led by a celebrity uh, named a YouTuber Michael Todd. It's a predominantly black church, uh, which doesn't mean it's leftist, but let's read what they're about. So there's a lot of mega churches in Tulsa. And they hired Lentz, who was fired from Hillsong in 2020 when his affair uh, came to light. And he's also had some – I mean, he used to go to bars with Justin Timberlake and whatever else. Um, so they're gladly welcoming Carl Lentz to Transformation Church. And the the pastor of this church, uh, is it uh, Michael – is it Mike Todd? What mm-hmm. is his name? Yeah, Mike, Mike Todd. Yeah, Mike Todd. So I guess he just started being a pastor five years ago or something. Um so let's just talk about the church and the man who leads this church. And I will say before, I'm just going to let Mary share her thoughts and maybe some more details from this article, but I will say we've got to be careful in the United States of entertainment today. We've got to be careful what they call a, quote, church, and we've got to be careful what some call a pastor or reverend or whatever else. Mary, your thoughts on 
this Carl Lentz at Transformation Church. Good fit, huh? Yeah, I'm thinking it probably is a good fit. Um, Transformation Church is a five-fold ministry church, and that means that they believe in having apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, uh, and teachers. Also, Todd and his wife are co-pastoring. They are into prosperity, so it's sort of a catch-all for everything that's wrong okay. with some mega churches. Not all, of course, but uh, and Carl Lentz, I mean... This just does not uh, surprise me at all. It says, Lentz, um, Lentz, 44, once labeled a hype priest by GQ magazine for his fashionable attire and ministry to NBA players and celebrities such as Justin Bieber, has been mostly silent since his firing, even as rumors and ongoing accusations have dogged him and his former church. So... Oh, boy. Well, it remains to be seen how this plays out, but it's already uh, just a mess of a church. And, David, you have something about what happened on Easter. Yeah, so let's talk about, I mean, I'm loosely, loosely categorizing this as a, quote, service, uh, Easter service. And what happened was, they. I I watched this video, guys. It is, if you didn't know that was a church, you would think it's the Rush Center in Green Bay or... Uh, wherever else in your city when people go to watch entertainment and concerts and big shows with lights and dancers and I mean they've I I looked at packed at at a Christmas program they had at this transformation church there were men doing ballet you could see their rear ends and it's like okay this is flattering but what they did recently they had the I can't even call it a worship team Keisha. I'm going to tell you who Keisha is. Um, Over at Good Fight Ministries, they did an expose on her about 10 years ago, actually. I don't remember if, I think she did perform at a Super Bowl halftime show. Hmm. She was uh, pop music's uh, hottest artist. She has a lot of millions of fans, impressionable fans, but she's singing about satanic themes, partying, promiscuity. Um, and uh, the Good Fight does a great expose on her. Um, they call her Keisha a satanic cult leader, and they mention her lyrics. They go through some of her songs, talk about some of her the things she said. And this is a dangerous, just like Beyonce, uh, demonically influenced. That's all I will mm-hmm. say about that. So this church, their Easter service now, um, they were covering songs by Keisha. Three women come up on mic, and they're talking about big booties and comparing their backsides. There were dancing demons. Yes, this was at a Easter show. Let, yeah, that's a better word for it. It wasn't a service, an Easter show. So, And this is a pastor, by the way. Um, he made a lot of money maybe before he got on YouTube and he became a celebrity, but he's, he's given away $3.5 million, apparently, in houses, cash, cars, at one time, he spent $65,000 to buy shoes. He's got 168 pairs of shoes. Um, he's given money, hundreds of thousands in reparations. Yes, you heard that right. Uh, he apparently owns $66 million in uh, real estate. Anyway, so this is a guy who obviously uh, he loves the world. Mm-hmm. He loves money and he loves yeah. the world. Um, and you know what the Bible says about the love of money. Not just money, but the love of money. So this is this is an Easter service. I saw the video, guys. I would not encourage you to watch it. Not that it's just it's not a. Ch- you look at it. That can't be a church. You're watching this. You, if you didn't know, 
you think, what the heck is this? They're doing, during the Easter service, they put on a really high-value production, and a lot of churches try to do this to draw in the community of unbelievers. Because Why? You want to entertain them, to bring them into your big, massive megachurch. And so they're doing these original songs, dancing, choreography, women, women talking about the size of their butts, as I mentioned, a retelling of the story of God rescuing mankind. Um, and I guess the guy became a pastor in 2015. He says this, I know you wanted to share this, Mayor. What should we do for Easter? This is the guy, the pastor, uh, Michael Todd. He says, I was like, I never preached an Easter message, so I'm not going to start this year. We need to come up with an Easter play. So they put on this production, and it is, it's just that. It's production. Um, and I, I apparently it was... A lady up there on the cross, a lady getting crucified in the background in, in a white. Did you see that? Oh, you didn't see No, that. I couldn't bring myself. Yeah. yeah. It almost made me hurl. Mary, your, your thoughts. And, and, and again, this, unfortunately, this probably happens more often around the country. Maybe not as vile. They're not singing demonic songs, but you're entertaining for Easter. Yeah, this was a new low. And if you're going to say church, you need to put the adjective apostate in front of it when you're talking about people like this, if they ever were actually uh, truth bearers here. But um, so they put on a play in 2015 because that's the year he became a pastor. And he said, I didn't know what a pastor did, so I'm just making it up as I go. They put on a play in 2015, and Todd explained that they purposefully decided to go right to the edge and do everything short of sin to reach people. That's not a ministry model that I'm familiar with. (laughs) Give me the chapter and verse on that, where Jesus said, push the limits of sin in order to draw a crowd. That's right, that's right. Um, Oh my gosh. Now, however, with more money, talent, and production value, all debatable, they decided to redo it in 2023. So people can see it with the, quote, level of anointing and excellence that he envisioned seven years ago before he had the means to make it happen. So talk about your money problem that he says that, you know, love of money is the root of all that is evil. And this is definitely comes under that evil category. So again, uh, the the headline, I guess, if you want to, Carl Lentz, formerly of disgraced Hillsong, New York City, is now joining Transformation Church in Tulsa. And um, Lance was, of course, caught in an affair. There were a lot of accusations um, from witnesses there at in the leadership of Hillsong East Coast, uh, abuse, sexual misconduct, and secrecy. This is according to religionnews.com. And so a spokesperson for Transformation Church says they're praying for Lance and his family to experience restoration. And yes, I hope he has repented. But joining a church like this, and I do put church in air quotes, it doesn't sound like he has repented. But I don't know. God knows his heart. So that's what they're trying to do. And, uh, yeah. Well, we can be fruit inspectors, though. And, you know, as believers. What does that look like? Because some people say you're judging. Yeah, no. Fruit inspectors, you know, you're supposed to know people by their fruit. I mean, we don't leave our brains at the door when we get saved. And we actually take the scripture and we are fully capable of making comparisons. And. Uh, one more thing to add is, you know, we as believers go from grace to grace in our daily lives, and as and these people seem to go from disgrace to disgrace, and there's <laughs> Dis- just grace. disgrace to yes. disgrace to that grace. Uh, anyway, they it's uh, yeah. So um, let's go to the next topic here, and this is a very short one. I want to talk about Robert Meyer's article just came out, and because the Supreme Court just in Wisconsin was just flipped, we had been warning about this for quite some time, that you 
if you change the balance of the court based on this liberal conservative election that we just had, a liberal radical uh, pro-feminist abortionist socialist, if you have someone like that going up against a conservative, you're and and, and she won, we're in trouble because that's this is going to affect. They're going to try to redistrict um, the state. They're going to try to do a lot of things now and block a lot of legislation that could have, you know, helped. Uh, the pro-life issue and others. But anyway, we've got a radical governor. We've got a liberal-leaning Supreme Court here in the blue state of Wisconsin. But um, Robert Meyer says liberals have taken control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court 4-3, to three, a decisive victory by a liberal judge who suggests she will put her thumbs on the scales of justice. And I don't know if it was you or if it was John Haller that said um, she totally ran on the issue of abortion, the right to murder children in the womb. She totally ran, openly ran on that. But I didn't see a lot of pro-life ads from the no. – and I don't understand that. Guys, if we lose this, if we don't talk about these issues, what you might call social or political, they are moral and biblical issues. If you don't talk about these things, they're going to continue to mop the floor with conservatives, Republicans – in elections. So um, anyway, uh, so Robert Meyer over at Renew America writes, um, he quoted James Madison and other founders. I entirely concur in the propriety of resorting to the sense in which the Constitution was accepted and ratified by the nation. In that sense alone, it is the legitimate Constitution. And then he talks about the poor showing by conservative Daniel Kelly, and I will say Republicans who... Uh, Sometimes they just fail at getting the vote out, right? I mean, the left has a great ground. They know how to make disciples. They know how to get out there, even with their campaign of lies, which obviously the television ads, if you're in Wisconsin, you saw them, lies. Well, she spent a lot more money than Well, George too. Soros funded some right. of that, too, and right. the leftist outlets from other outside of Wisconsin right. funneled money into the state. So mm -hmm. we know how that goes. And, and why this is the, the biggest election hardly anybody's heard about. So... There was a poor conservative turnout. There's public ignorance on the constitutional role of the judiciary. And we're talking about election. election. Let's just go and go to the, the gut here. Um, this is going to flip major decisions when it comes down to debate in the Wisconsin Supreme Court now. And, yeah, it was nice. We had what some said it was a conservative advantage. But look at the Supreme Court. In, of the United States. You, you, so you're having these issues on the courts now, and that's why we can say elections have consequences. Um, so Robert Meyer says, uh, I can't think of anywhere geographically that liberals aren't represented, represented by a liberal politician where their constituency is in the majority. Their big beef is that districts aren't equally divided according to numbers. But this has never been the case. The electoral system has always accorded representation to sparsely populated areas, so candidates couldn't merely win elections by pandering to the wants of the people in metropolitan areas. Now they're gonna, they're, you're going to see a, a focus on that to try to shift that in Wisconsin by the left. We'll see what happens. But uh, that's mm -hmm. well, that article's over at Renew America from our friend locally here. He's in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. Robert Meyer. We'll have him on the show again, hopefully ne next yeah. month. That's a hot-button issue because no matter what you do, somebody's going to be really unhappy. Yeah. yeah so. And elections have consequences. So um, let's go to 
the transgender issue, the Biden administration, what they're going to do. Um, and let's start with there was another shooting in Colorado, a middle school. A transgender terrorist wanted to blow up Colorado Middle School. An avowed communist, a deranged Trump hater, planned the school attacks. Apparently, um, she left behind a lot of information. And Colorado Springs, the Gateway Pundit reported that the police stopped a male-to-female transgender from blowing up a middle school uh, just a week ago. The suspect, 19-year-old William Whitworth, who identifies as Lily, uses she, her pronouns, had extensive plans to plant bombs and shoot students at Timberview Middle School in Colorado Springs just a week after another trans brutally murdered six people, including three children, at a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. So Whitworth mapped out a floor plan of this middle school, expressed violent intent towards his sister earlier in the day. Um, This caused his sister to call police, who arrived at the residence a short time later, and thank God uh, they found Whitworth lying in bed, drunk, a room piled with trash, holes in the wall, um, and Whitworth was arrested and on suspicion of attempted first-degree murder and other charges after admitting wanting to shoot up a school. We don't need to go any further. There's There are mental health issues that w- we are letting fly under the radar because we are trying to be affirming and accommodating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to people. I mean, loving a person who is identifying as transgender, is we are commanded to love. But let's define what that looks like. How do you love a person? Well, you say, you say all right, let's get them help. Let's... Educate. Let's get them help or counseling or mm-hmm. or really love the person. We would well welcome them in our church, but let's also recognize the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need Jesus. Yeah, they, the of number they one need, need. Jesus. It's everyone's number one need. Yeah. But um, let me throw this on the sure. pile um, and light a match. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, in the Midwest, let's call it that Minnesota is on its way to becoming a sanctuary state for gender affirming care. Okay, well, sanctuary state, meaning children can be taken to this state. To be drugged and mutilated without regulations with a transgender state representative pushing these policies. Quote, transgender Minnesota state representative Lee Finke struggled to define the term gender affirming health care while defending legislation that would allow kids to receive gender affirming health care without any restrictions in their state. She's introduced legislation that would make Minnesota a sanctuary state for gender-affirming health care for children across the country, meaning kids can be brought across state lines to be chemically castrated with puberty blockers, Minneapolis public schools will host gender resource fair. Wow. So they're, they're hosting a, a fair, and then it closes with, this is Terry James uh, reporting this. He says, this American city is becoming increasingly hostile to Christians and Bible truth. Now there's a whole other uh, angle to this is uh, people who come against this, and, and Christians who say, now wait a minute, they're saying no. Uh, I mean, I've never heard of a sanctuary state for gender-affirming care. I, I don't, uh, yeah. Well, I understand that. I mean, liberal, I mean, it doesn't even describe Minnesota in some states right. that we would say are blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so now let's mention a couple other headlines. We don't get, need to get into details. This is an unfortunate one over at the New York Post. Federal appeals court backs Indiana teacher's ouster, meaning the teacher was fired, over transgender students' name policy. Just briefly. 
This is in Indiana. A high school um, apparently broke no law by pushing a music teacher to resign for refusing to use a transgender student's new names and pronouns. This was a federal appeals court decision. Brownsburg High School uh, teacher John Kluge. Um, so this is what's happening at, at that level. This These are coming down, but we had that right here in Wisconsin, Mary, in, in the town of the a community of 4000 Keel Wisconsin mm. 3 last mm. year 3 8th grade mm. boys were suspended for not bowing to bowing down to the god of transgenderism and using the pronouns the preferred pronouns of a fellow student in class the 3 boys were suspended this why do i make that point again this was a community of 4000 people mm. don't say your small town or small, small community yeah. is immune from this it can come to your school, your city, your town, and it can come to your door. And this is why we warn about these things. One more thing. Let's transition now to Riley Gaines, um, former swimmer. You may have remembered her. She's standing next to the male swimmer. Um, what's, what's his name who transitioned? Uh, let me just start here. She was speaking over in San Francisco. She was on a campus there at the State University to speak about why women's sports should be restricted to biological women. God bless her for her courage for going there to speak. But anyway, this is what the school put out, and I'm going to give you details on this. Thank you to our students who participated peacefully in Thursday evening's events. It took tremendous bravery to stand in a challenging space. Now, they're talking about the trans and the, those who were, who were opposing and shouting down. Riley Gaines. I'm proud of the moments where we listened and asked insightful questions. I'm also proud of the moments when our students demonstrated the value of free speech and the right to protest peacefully. Now, Riley Gaines tweeted, I'm sorry, did she just say peaceful? I was assaulted. I was escorted or extorted and held for ransom. The protesters demanded I pay them if I wanted to leave and make it home safely. I missed my flight home because I was barricaded in a classroom. Now, she's the former swimmer of the University of Kentucky, and she tweeted, Riley Gaines, the prisoners are running the asylum at SFSU. I was ambushed and physically hit twice by a man. This is proof that women need sex-protected spaces, Mm -hmm. and this only further assures I'm doing something right. When, when they want you, when they want you silent, speak louder. Yeah. And this is one who raced against this mm-hmm. transgender guy. And um, let's see. Let me get down to that point. She first began talking about this a year or two ago, when Leah Thomas is the guy's name. Leah, who was on the University of Pennsylvania's men's swimming team, before transitioning and competing in the women's division, when he started winning all the races, right after he competed as a woman. So pray for Riley Gaines and others who are standing out and, and saying, stop discriminating. Mm-hmm. She's trying to do the right thing. Uh, girls, young women are losing scholarships, and this is a yeah. problem. Well, and it says, this other article says, on the eve of two major religious holidays, the Biden admin unveiled a proposed federal regulation that would override state laws protecting school-aged female athletes from having to compete against or get undressed in front of men. Uh, it says here, the rule is a way for the Biden administration to look like they're concerned about protecting women and girls' sports while essentially asserting transgender athletes as a privileged, privileged class wow. of athlete 
Um, and they argue that any full ban of men participating in women's sports violates Title IX, mm. a civil rights measure right, exactly. adopted by the Nixon, Nixon administration. Um, you know, women and girls have come into ba- basketball and all these other sports, and they've made so many gains, and now let's just crank up that war on women and just forget about the whole thing. Yeah. So, Senator Marsha Blackburn in that same article mm-hmm. said, um, males, biological males, had won at least 30 female sports championships between 2003 and 2022. The future of women's sports is at yeah. risk, and the equal rights of female athletes are being infringed. She said, oh, that was, I'm sorry, that was Penny Nance. She's the Concerned Women for America mm-hmm. president. And so um, the, you know what side the Department of Education is on. Uh, briefly, we just got a minute left in this segment, but uh, the, the, the Health and Human Services, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services is also um, trying to push this, and re- they're reporting that if you try to change someone who is, transgender by counseling or whatever, they're coming against you. They're saying that's... um, Anyway, this is where we are, where it's at the government, the federal level. It's at the university level. Uh, We'll talk when we come back a little later on. It's at the corporate level. We'll talk about corporate delusion. Um, I think Bud Light and Nike know a lot about that. Hopefully they're losing a lot of money. Anyway, we're also going to set up a very important, I believe, interview Uh, with uh, Tucker Carlson and Jason Whitlock coming up next. Your prayers and ongoing financial support keep our Truth at Any Cost mission strong. StandUpForTheTruth.com Yeah, if you're watching via live stream, um, I've got my Stand Up For The Truth shirt on, courtesy to our friends at at Red Pill Prince. Uh, that's standupforthetruth.com slash gear. I'm kidding. We're not live streaming. People are going, wait, 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 wait we, can, we can watch you guys? Yeah, I'm not sure if that, it's that exciting to watch two of us talk about stuff. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we're waving. Mary's waving. Um, Amos 3 verse 3 says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Mark 3, 24, 25 says, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Rush Limbaugh said, There cannot be a peaceful coexistence of two completely different theories of life, theories of government, theories of how we manage our affairs. We can't be in this dire a conflict without something giving somewhere along the way. Now, I took those quotes and those scriptures out of a chapter I wrote in my book, if I can just make a plug. Chapter 9 in Canceling Christianity is called The Divided Church and state of America. What do I mean by that? Well, you have to read the chapter. <laughs> but I want to open up and describe what you're about to hear from Jason Whitlock. He was recently interviewed by Tucker Carlson. And this was a pretty amazing, to me, uh, it's, it's a lengthy clip, but I think it's very, very important to talk about because he brings up something that doesn't have a permanent long-term solution, Mayor, I don't think, for the church in our country, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, our dual citizenship, citizens, citizens of heaven, believers in Christ who are saved, and citizens of the United States. So Jason Whitlock, he talks about good and evil. He talks about how radically they have pushed the envelope until we're in a Romans 1 society of delusion, of God giving them over to a depraved mind, 
of godlessness, lawlessness, and he talks about secession. Now, I bring that up, too, in that chapter in my book, again, with no push and no, this is what we must do, because there are liberals and conservatives in every state in the U.S. There are Christians, and there are atheists, and there are those who would follow demonic (laughs) entities in every state of the country. So how do you separate? Um, I heard that, uh, was it on Truth Social, they were talking about freedom cities? Yep, I sent you some links to check out. Okay, I didn't I didn't see those yet. But anyway, yeah, so how would that work? I mean, Mayor, I know the globalists want to do these 15-minute cities for climate change, right, and sustainable development. But for someone to suggest, well, let's, let's try freedom cities. Let's mm-hmm. get Christians and conservatives and people that want to abide by the laws and the Constitution and love America and the way it was founded and our, our essential, the way we govern our, our ruled here in our society. Um, and let's do that. Let's run by God's law, the Ten Commandments, and let's have the freedoms mm-hmm. in the Constitution and let's try to get all those people. Well, that's impossible. Maybe impossible might not be the right word. But do you have any thoughts? You you saw, you you heard the clip, you watched the interview. Do you have any thoughts on setting this up before we let Jason Whitlock go? Actually, I really don't because I would like to have him speak for himself and okay. then I want to address something specific okay. to what he says. So if we want to just go for All it right, here. Let's hear Jason Whitlock a couple days ago on Fox News with Tucker Carlson. Go. It took me to the Bible, quite honestly. Uh, I, you know, all times are biblical, but man, this really seems like we're in some end times here. And it, it really took me to Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen through eighteen. Verse fourteen, God talks, or the Bible talks about. You can't have partnership. The righteous can't have partnership with the lawless. And that's not me calling Trump the most righteous person in the world, but anybody looking at this knows that Alvin Bragg and the Democratic and the leftists are are, are lawless. They, they don't believe in fair justice, equal uh, treatment under the law. They don't believe in that. So you can't have partnership with them. And then if you go down to verse 17, Paul talks about God's instruction that you got to come out from among them and separate. That's what God instructed. And that's where I think we actually are, Tucker, is these guys are so far removed from the truth, so far removed from any of the values that made this country great, we can't really have partnership with them and and my mindset went to secession that we have to separate we have to come out from among them they're so unrighteous they're so unclean that you know finding common ground is is impossible with people who think men can become women who told us hey look we just want two men to be able to get married and and there's no slippery slope and that was a lie and we've seen the slippery slope. Now Now it's drag queens reading books to kids. Now it's taking kids to drag queen shows. Now it's uh, uh, mutilating kids and, and infecting them with gender dysphoria and using it as an excuse to cut off their breasts or cut off their You can't have peace. You can't have partnership with these people. There are so many lies stacked on top of lies. We can't find common ground with people who have no respect for the truth, no respect for justice, no respect for fairness. 
we have to think about going our separate ways. And, and whether that's through secession or whether that's through some sort of national divorce, it has to be on the table because you just can't find common ground with people this delusional who think that they're God and they can make up the rules. And I don't see a pathway forward for those of us that uh, respect America's founding, have traditional values, have a faith in God. We got to separate. And I don't care how it's done, but I just don't see a way to coexist with people this far removed from truth. Jason Whitlock. And by the way, the coexist sticker was created against Christianity um, because Jesus and the gospel is exclusive. However, it is inclusive in the sense that Jesus died for the sins of the world. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe shall have everlasting life. But um, the context, of course, Mayor, that's what we want to talk about mm-hmm. because we are Christians. We read the Bible. He mentioned the Bible. Mm-hmm. He uses the uh, same ideas when it comes to our culture and our country and that we need to separate because these people have pushed it so far, it is almost impossible to live with those who you and I would probably say are um, influenced by demons. It is a demonic um, agenda that some of these people are pushing. Some are useful idiots. Some are deceived. Some are deceivers. Mm-hmm. So your thoughts on bringing up Second Corinthians <laughs> chapter six verses fourteen through eighteen mm-hmm. uh, and on the words partnership. Uh, one translation, New American Standard, says, do not be mismatched with unbelievers. Do not be unequally yoked. Uh, he uses the word common ground, which I hate in politics. <laughs> I hate that because mm-hmm. that means the conservatives mm-hmm. compromise. So common ground means conservatives. All right, just give the left what they want, and they'll take a little bit more ground every day. Mary, anything you want to share? Yeah. Your thoughts? There are multiple moving parts in what he's saying. Yes, yes. A, lot of, a lot of balls in the air. And I understand his general point. We're never going to stuff this toothpaste back in the tube. And I tend to agree with that. But I have to come to a full stop because Paul addresses these verses to the church. There's nothing in, in context here. Um, and so this, he kind of discredits himself out of the gate when he starts with that. Um, and so he has misapplication of scripture here because the unsaved are not righteous. We can't redefine biblical terms. Uh, with degrees of righteousness, he talks about Trump not being the most righteous. Well, we can't even go there. There are a lot of people in America with a moral compass, and they absolutely are fed up. And that I mm-hmm. totally understand, but that does not equate with biblical righteousness. So that's the problem that I have. But here's a verse that I thought was pretty interesting, and I loved your, your Amos verse, can two walk together mm-hmm. unless they be agreed. Uh, Deuteronomy 22.10, here's a great little verse that stands by itself. It says, you shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together, or yoke an ox and a donkey. Well, if you're a farmer, you understand or this. an elephant and a donkey? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> wow. Good one, David. If, if you're a farmer, you will understand this uh, because, here's why, each animal has its own power and strength. Each has its own purpose. All right. The church has a power source, and it's the Holy Spirit, um, and it's an eternal power source. The culture and politics has its own power source. They are human-powered. It's a temporal thing. The church has its purpose. Politics has its purpose. They're not even close. And that's, mm-hmm. I think he's making a point for me. Um, because there is, uh, you can be a light 
I believe this firmly. We need to be a light. We need to come against evil. So don't get me wrong on any of that. You can be a light without compromising, though, or surrendering your convictions or your uh, gospel proclamation. So I think that if you are going to take Corinthians and you're going to cross that line and put it into politics, I think that is a major mistake because you don't yoke two things together that have different power and different uh, purposes. But that's I think that's the point he's making. You cannot be yoked. And he, yeah, he brought yeah, up the biblical context. I, this is one of the first times I think I've disagreed with you, Mayor. I don't think he discredited himself, and I guess part of that comes from me knowing who he is, Jason Whitlock, and seeing his past, some of his past commentary. He's always got a Christian angle. He has spoken out against the abortion rap that some women did. Um, calling it demonic and saying you can't go back after after you push it this far. This is even beyond Molech. This is celebrating mm-hmm. now. And they did this rap in front of Planned Parenthood. And he also speaks out strongly. He's black. He speaks out strongly against the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation Network, which is Marxist-driven and is anti-American, anti-family, anti-God. So he, that's why um, the word maybe discredited himself might be a little strong um, because I believe... Yeah, this this is the the debate that we've had when it comes to the biggest lie in the second biggest lie in America, the separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. As Christians, what are we to do? Are we to stay behind church walls? Are we to get involved in politics? I think I'm not speaking for him, but I think he's indicating that it's very difficult to find common ground if you are a conservative, a Christian. M- many Republicans, mm-hmm. not all, because there are some. You know, um, deep state Republicans as well, but or rhinos. But he said you cannot find common ground with the left. They are so radicalized and beyond the pale at this point. You cannot have any partnership with them. That's why we started off the podcast reading Ephesians 5.11. Do not participate in these deeds of darkness. And here in 2 Corinthians 6 Verse 14, do not be mismatched. Mm-hmm. Well, and he also, he comes out a little bit talking about the end times. Um, and there's, there's prophecy, yeah. There are other places he could have gone, I think, yeah. instead of Corinthians, because, um, we're talking about the days of Noah, when the thoughts of men's heart were only evil continually. And Jesus himself says, that's what you're going to be facing. And so with that in mind, and again, like I said, I, we need to come out against damaging our children and the war on women. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But we also need to understand that there's a trajectory here that, that God in heaven has set up. We're going to have a global government, a global religion, and a global economy. Um, we do what we can up until then, but we at least need to acknowledge and recognize that one of the reasons we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube is because God is sovereign. Mm. And, you know, the church, gosh, I mean, the church is just as divided on some of these mm-hmm. issues, and that's mm-hmm. because um, we have gone out on the limb and said there are many inside too many churches that are not even converted and right. saved. Right. Um, but they're there. They're the ones that, that um, Jesus might say, um, away from me, I never knew you. Um, now, I'm not pointing out a person particular person or individual, I'm just saying there are people, obviously there the, all these surveys, 65% now claim to be Christian uh, 10 years ago it was 70% but now it's 65% so America would look very very differently if all those people lived out what the Bible taught the true biblical worldview if all, 65% of Americans we would have a pretty um, I don't know, uh, a pretty good country yeah. with uh, a lot less of the insanity we're seeing. Mm-hmm. I want to quote, before we move on, 
Um, I want to quote John Zmirak. He writes often. He's a senior editor at The Stream. And he's talking about this impending split of America, barring another great awakening. And he said, the common ground we once shared is no man's land. Is there a truce possible between two halves of the country when each side, meaning the left and the right, each side thinks the other so morally depraved they're a threat to innocent kids, even their own? Now, I'm going to stop right there. So the left thinks Christians are a threat to this nation. So it's not just us thinking these radical transgender policies when you, like you said, cutting off the body parts of children, of minors now, um, and accommodating them. You know, we're saying that's a threat to kids. They're saying we are evil. Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, they're using that language. They're fighting for the, quote, soul of America, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what does that mean to the left, to someone who doesn't believe in God and is driven by demonic agendas? What does that soul look like? But anyway, John Zmirak continues, it's not about having different religions. For 200 years, we took our kids to church, or not, or to synagogues, and agreed to differ. That's how a healthy, pluralistic society works. But the men who founded our country and governed it until around 1960 used to agree on the basic truths of natural law knowable by reason. They agreed that a basic, tolerant Christianity with its mores anchored our view of the common good. They agreed that unborn life is sacred, marriage is between one man and one woman, and homosexuality is an unfortunate aberration. At worst, a deadly sin. At best, a heavy cross. Certainly nothing comparable to a person's race or religion, which we must respect. That's John, John Zmirak. So we're talking about this issue of Christians living in this world, not being of the world, and how do we respond to these these things that we're seeing happen? And it, it, there is a delusion, there is a great deception in our land. And um, I don't know if you want to mention briefly this um, column by Wayne Allen Root. He said, whether you like it or not, national divorce of America is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a silent civil war. And I, I think, you know, go woke, go broke, mm-hmm. I think it's a reasonable thing. I think people vote with their feet. They vote with their pocketbook. And that's never going to change. But I still would encourage people to read Second Corinthians six fourteen to 18 and meditate on it. Mm-hmm. You know, what does a believer share with an unbeliever? We yeah. need to meditate on that. And having been working in a church for decades, I've rubbed shoulders with people who on this end of the spectrum want nothing to do with politics. And I respect that because I think it's a conscience matter and it's between them and their lord and then there's the other end completely where that's all you hear out of a christian's mouth and i don't necessarily know any people like that i'm just saying and i think we all kind of fall somewhere in the Mm -hmm, middle mm -hmm. and there's room for conscience in this situation whether people vote or not whether they whether they you know want to be involved anything that way but um I certainly understand what he's saying. I understand both sides of that yeah. spectrum, and, and I, I respect both sides. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a lot of patience with taking Scripture thoroughly out of context and making a case based on that. Okay, well, let's, let me push back just a little bit. Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and repent and, and return from their wicked ways, um, I will forgive their sin. I will hear from heaven, God says. I will hear from heaven forgive their sin, and heal their land. That was specifically spoken to Israel contextually. Are the principles applicable to us today? There is no 
country called by his name. We are not. People. His, his people. people well, Christians. That way. What about Christians? Well, Christians, you know, the thing with being a Christian nation is how many Christians does it take to make a Christian nation? If there's <laughs> as many Christians in China as there are in America, are they a Christian nation? So there's degrees here. Um, you know, that's very relative. And I, I think that that phrase, it can become very, very meaningless. Mm. But I do, I, I firmly dig my heels in that there is no country that is called by his name that will re- be redeemed in the end times the way he outlines it that has that that land and everything and so i i i don't i don't give that verse uh any credibility with america i simply right. cannot go there well i have a hard time with that too but it's, it's brought up every fourth of july every national day of prayer mm-hmm. and and that was to israel i agree with you we are in full agreement here um i'm saying there are principles for believers in christ who believe the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation, whether that's Old Testament, whether that's Gospels, whether that's prophecy um, or the New Testament. We believe in that. Now, if we repent, Christians, we are called, we claim the name of Christ. So indirectly we are called by his name, but not the people of Israel, not his chosen people of the nation. So individually, if we repent and call out to him, he will hear. He will hear from heaven now, forgive their sin, yes, but heal their land. That would be the one you have to say, okay, that was for Israel. I don't know that he's going to heal America. Like um, uh, Zmirak just said, there could be, uh, apart from a great awakening, I don't see anything happening. So I don't personally believe he will heal the land, meaning America. So there are some things. I think we, these are good conversations yep. to have. There's no collective repentance. Yeah. It's since the cross, it's one person oh at a time. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you brought that up. So Jason Whitlock talks about Black Lives Matter, and he, he calls them out. People know a lot of its lies. But yet they're talking about collective, um, the black race, right, even mm-hmm. though they don't believe black lives and mothers' wombs matter, um, mm-hmm. or black con- conservative Christians. They're just talking about a certain – anyway – there is a verse, I believe it's in uh, Exodus, that says, the soul who sins shall die. That's an individual soul. That's not a collective people. That's one man, and we are, we are responsible for our own sin to go before God. We will all individually answer, mm-hmm. not a people, not a race, not a right. group. Except Israel. They will look <laughs> upon him whom they have pierced, the and they will mourn as for an only son. Well, didn't the Romans pierce him on the cross? Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, the centurion on the cross. Okay, yeah, cut. Mary goes, all right. Well, so we're talking. Let's mention one more thing, corporate delusion, and then we have to get to a, a, mm-hmm. this really good Jen Markell article, the setup, indicators that are hours late. Um, we don't want to p- spend too much time because we've just got five minutes left. The Bud Light glorifying Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, boy. That's corporate delusion. They're losing a lot of money. I don't know if you know the story. He's a man. He's talking about womanhood. He's canceling women is what he's mm-hmm. really doing. Mm-hmm. It's really so sad that our culture is going along with this. Why? Because it's entertaining. So she pushes three billion females out of the way to promote a male who lives a parody of womanhood. And um, this guy, Dr. Jeff Garner says, uh, so, now my beer is gay and I'm mad. <laughs> but what about Nike? Nike has Mulvaney advertising, believe it or not, this is a guy, sports bras. I missed that one, David. Yeah, yeah. 
That's what Nike is doing. So we've got Budweiser, we've got Nike, and you know the corporate world and the direction there. It's been quite demonic in their influences. They are of the world. Well, and then you had Drew Barrymore kneeling at his feet on her show, looking adoringly up into his eyes as if to say, thank you for becoming a woman. And I'm thinking, she doesn't even want to be a she. Drew Barrymore, I mean, that's such a disservice to every woman who should be horribly offended by all of this nonsense. So, Mayor, let's go through that. I'll let you set it up. Jan Markell, 10 indicators the hour is late. Let's bullet point it. Only 10. Wow. Um, (laughs) She says, just consider these 10 indicators. Indeed, the world, number one, the world lacks a leader. Um, You know, you can't compare Jinping and Putin and Biden. I mean, we're looking for someone else, a big Big leader, capital L. Um, she says, as these above-named fools embarrass their respective countries. Okay, um, the rise, secondly, the rise to prominence of a globalist outfit. So you got the WEF, the Global Reset. Yep. Number three, the Bible prophesies a coming cashless society. And boy, we have covered that here, and there's always more to cover. Yep. Um, but we are headed that way. Uh, the next one, the last three years, the frightened masses chose to dis- to trust government uh, due to fear of a health crisis and pandemic. Yes, it was all about fear. Uh, also, we now the next one. We now have artificial intelligence that is intuitive and as intelligent as humans. The Antichrist will tap into this order to rule his empire. So, Chat GPT, look into mm. that if you don't know what it is. Um, that's uh, that's an incredible technology. Next, there is civil unrest and lawlessness in two dozen nations, probably more than that. Mm. Uh, she says it requires too much space to list them all. It's a global rebellion. Uh, next, wars and rumors of wars are stirring. There are dozens of global conflicts. Talk about rumors of wars today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Taiwan, there's Russia, quite a bit. China yeah. says, the Jing, uh, he says, Jinping, he says he's preparing for war. Yes. And we're not taking them seriously. Go ahead. Right, there. exactly. Uh, the days of Noah haunt us, as we already mentioned Japan has created mice from two fathers. I'll spare you the biological details. Other aberrations are celebrated today. Um, uh, next, there is a stunning rise in darkness, as predicted in 2 Timothy 3.13. Um, mm. Be it with the Grammys, the Commonwealth Games, oh. Hollywood in general, Super Bowl halftime, Satan is celebrated and is in center stage. At the Grammys, participants bowed down and worshipped a satanic horned creature. Well, yep. Yes, that was uh, terrible. Uh, also, there is temple fever among the religious in Israel. That was interesting. Yes, and Israel is gathered in unbelief. We need to make that clear. They still have yet um, to recognize their Messiah. So let, let's talk about that. The Temple Institute has everything ready mm-hmm. to go. They mm-hmm. even flew in five red heifers uh, last fall from Texas. And I haven't heard if they've inspected them all and what the status of that. Have you heard anything? It says here four remain perfect enough for temple sacrifice. That's outlined in the Book of Numbers. And I wasn't aware of that because usually they do get rejected. Um, this is the temple that Antichrist will defile when he turns on the Jewish people. And, and there's a quote from J.B. Hickson. We are living in unprecedented times. Prophetically, the stage is being set like never before as we draw closer to the rapture. Oh, my goodness. Mayor, great great discussion today. And you guys, comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Please email us your thoughts, comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. We would love to hear from you and what your take is on how to be in the world and not of the world and how not to participate with what those who would promote demonic agendas are doing. Well, I'm taking a little bit of time off in the near future. Um, uh, You will hear Bill Perkins tomorrow, Dr. Mark Christian Thursday, Terry James Friday, Dave Wager and Crash will be doing a live podcast Monday, Patrick Wood next Tuesday, Elijah Abraham Wednesday, Mary will do a news and headline show from a biblical worldview next Thursday, and 
I'll say now is God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. 